What's up, y'all, and welcome to Leadership with LaToya for Leaders on the Grow. We're excited to bring you Episode 4, Five Key Lessons for Aspiring Leaders. You know, our show wouldn't be what it is without our co-host, Mike Wakesness. Hey, Mike, what's up? What's up, LaToya? How are you doing today? I'm great. I mean, it's uh, summer. It's a beautiful day. I've got a fresh cup of coffee. Uh, Couldn't be better. Um, Mike, you know, I recently attended um, a couple of conferences and I've been doing a lot of summer connecting with others. And I see or notice that there are a lot of folks who aspire to lead out there who are just wondering, like, what some of the key, key lessons are. So I have to ask you, uh, let's try and go through some of these five, what we've uh, communicated about, what we believe are five key, key elements for those who aspire to lead. What, what would be one that, that you'd share? Well, I think right off the bat, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, so we won't spend too long on it, but leaders are readers, and we can substitute readers or add on researchers, learners, all the all those different words, but really leaders, you need to be on top of the latest research, on the latest trends, and digging deep into certain topics and learning yourself so you know what's going on and you stay fresh in your field. Oh, wow, Mike. I could not agree more. You know, I think there's a, there's a, a tendency for leaders to ignore the development of themselves in, in their effort to focus on the development of others. But you couldn't be more right. I mean, the, the development that leaders, the, the efforts that leaders put forth in uh, learning more, reading more, researching more, um, expanding their level of expertise, their toolbox, their crafts, is very important. Um, I, I hope that our listeners uh, would agree with us. And for those who are aspiring to lead, uh, I could not... Um, say anything more about how important it is that you're reading, you're seeking your own professional development, not just waiting on what's offered by your school or your district, but looking for ways you can um, expand your knowledge on your own. Certainly. You have to take charge of your growth. Well, you know, I think something, uh, Mike, that you've always talked about that's a key for aspiring leaders is that leaders are question askers. They ask good questions. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that. I love that one. I heard somewhere in the past, you know, as a leader, you should be the chief question asker in the organization. So kind of a a couple of different approaches to this is when you ask questions and you ask the right questions and you you dig deep, people know that you're interested in what they're feeling, you know, the organizational history, uh, what they're going through. So rather than just coming in and saying, okay, here's how Randy came, this, 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 you need to, you need to ask questions and then ask more questions. Remember when you're a teacher, you ask a question and then you try to get to the root cause and then you ask another follow-up question, then another follow-up question. And you're really trying to get all the information you can. So as a leader, I think it's critical to ask questions and then ask some more questions. And then when you're finished with that, ask a few more questions. I think you're so right. And I think one of the ways you get better at becoming a a more proficient asker of questions is by practicing and preparing ahead of time. So I know this sounds sort of silly and and folks would probably laugh, but, um, or they might find this, um, a little, uh, a little silly, but I think, um, 
it's important to write down the questions and think about what questions you want to ask before you talk with a teacher or somebody who you're trying to help and support. And I believe very much in, in scripting out those questions and giving that some deep thought to help me kind of get to the to the root cause. You know, Marcus Buckingham has a great site. And um, give me just a minute. We'll, we'll talk some more and I'll make sure I give it before we leave. But he has um, a great uh, a site where he helps um, people get to, uh, you know, the right questions to ask. Um, and I think if you would, would take a look at his work, you'd find that, man, it's, it's not just like, you know, that he's um, just saying ask questions, but he's actually giving folks a set of questions um, that he thinks provide the most clarity around folks priorities. Oh, I found it. If you go to MarcusBuckingham.com, you'll find those questions there. But he's got a set, when you get to the page, he asks you what questions provide the most clarity around a team member's priorities. And here are the choices. Number one, what are you focused on right now? Number two, what will make the biggest difference for you this quarter? Number three, what strengths would you like to use more? And number four, what would success look like for you after completing this task, project, or objective. Which question of those four, Mike, do you think would provide the most clarity around team members' priorities? You know, Latoya, I think those are all great questions, and, and, and I, I don't know exactly which one would be the best. I'd really have to think about that. But what I think this is demonstrating is the power of planning. Just like with our teachers, when we work with teachers, we want them to prepare their questions that they're going to ask during their lessons. We don't want them just winging it and kind of seeing how it goes and asking random questions. Good teachers know what questions they're going to ask, and they know the follow-up questions. So as leaders, how can we model that and take that same purposeful planning into our conversations, plan out what you're going to ask, and think about what the response might be, and then think about follow-up questions. So again, it's just modeling good instruction. Let's do that as leaders also. I think you're right. You know, something else, Mike, I think right along with that, when we're talking about using questions as a method of support and development, uh, you know, leaders are advocates. Uh, that would be lesson three. Leaders are advocates. Leaders advocate for their organization. They advocate for themselves. They advocate for the folks that they serve. Uh, they advocate for the mission and purpose of what it is that they are trying to accomplish. Um, tell me some ways you think uh, educators in particular can become um, leading advocates for public education? I think, Latoya, if you look around our country right now and you see more and more teachers kind of um, emerging on the national stage with advocacy, uh, a lot of times it deals with teacher pay and working conditions and insurance and, and those types of things. Uh, but it's great to see teachers kind of getting out there in the limelight and, and leading advocacy. But as on a, on a, a smaller level, what you can do as a teacher leader or as an advocate is, is uh, as a leader is just telling a good story. And we, we spent plenty of time talking about ways um, to do that. But I think a lot of the power is just in our daily conversations. I think a lot of times when we talk to, we don't realize the power, the influence that we hold as teachers or leaders in education when we talk to people that are not in education. You know, a lot of times people complain, and that's just human nature. Sometimes you like to just complain. When you do that to non-educators, I think it seems, sends a really bad message. They're thinking if teachers are complaining, then things must be uh, really bad, like if they're complaining about a school or something like that. So what I'm saying is not 
share the non-positive things, but doing it in a productive way. You know, talking about solutions that, that may help with the situation, advocating by telling the powerful things. Another thing we take for granted is the powerful things that happen in our schools every day. So let's share those messages. I think people would be amazed. Something that we think is just everyday ho-hum kind of thing, people on the outside would be amazed by it. So let's, let's just tell our story. That's a great way to start. You know what, Mike? I think you're so right. Um, I think when we can be more solution-oriented and solution-focused, that's far more attractive than being able to point out all the gaps, all the things that are wrong, um, all the things that need to be fixed. Uh, You know, Mike, I also think, you know, when it comes to some of the key lessons, you know, we've said leaders are readers, we've said leaders are great question askers, and we've said leaders are advocates. But one of the things I think we can't forget is that leaders are influencers, and one of the ways leaders are able to do that is through the, the effective building of trusting relationships. Talk to me about what you've learned over the course of your leadership journey about how to build trusting relationships that result in you being able to influence the practice of others. That is a great, great point, Latoya. And I think that is really the prerequisite to all this, because if you don't build those relationships, then you're, it doesn't really matter what you're going to do. And and going back to the, the question asker, um, people feel valued when you ask their questions. You, you know, we worked a lot together when we were in the same building, of course. And people would say, well, thank you for asking my opinion. I've never really been asked my opinion before. And, and that would kind of floor us. But, um, you know, building those relationships is really powerful. Um, getting to know your teachers as much as possible um, outside of, um, just, hey, you know, how did your lesson go? But but those relationships, asking about them, caring about them. Um, when, I was a, when I was a teacher, um, my family, my mom was going through some health struggles. And I remember my principal, and I was, I think, a second-year teacher. I don't remember exactly. He called me at night at home because he knew that, that she had a surgery that day to ask how she was. And this was in a large high school. There was probably 200 teachers on staff. And... When he did that, that was so powerful because, you know, it showed me that he cared. He took time out of his evening to call me and check on my mom when he had 200 other teachers running a very large high school. And ever and, and then that, that did it for me. I always worked my hardest for him because I knew he cared about me. So mm-hmm. just getting to know your teachers uh, as much as possible, asking them questions, supporting them, teaching lessons with them. We did that a lot, building those professional trusting relationships. I can't agree with you more, Mike. Here's something I know for sure about leadership, that if you don't build a good, trusting, productive, effective relationship, that it will be gravely difficult to influence the practice of anyone um, that you are, 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 are charged with helping, supporting, and leading. And last but certainly not least, Mike, let's talk a little bit about the, the all-star you know, gift of leadership. Leaders are servants. They serve. Um, tell me how you think servant leadership um, really plays out in today's uh, K-12 environment? I think this is a key ingredient of building those relationships. So it's interesting how all these connect together and intertwine together because really as a leader, you're there to serve the teachers and uh, through the, the students, through the teachers also, of course. So being there, and I always talked about this ever since our interview when I was an assistant principal, you know, moving my way through the different positions, assistant principal, principal director, you know, as a principal, you're there to remove barriers from the teachers, get things out of their way so they can focus on teaching the students. So it's really always been at the heart of everything that 
have done, and I know you've done, Latoya, as a leader, too. Certainly. I mean, I think when it comes to servant leadership, my mind goes straight to what you just said. How can I remove obstacles? How can I create a set of conditions that allow folks to do their absolute best work? How can I remove barriers? How can I stand to be a filter for them and keep things um, in, in, in a perspective that allows them to be able to do what they need to do? And sometimes as a leader, that serving part means that you have to get in the trenches and you have to do some things side by side with leaders with, with with your staff so that they can do the things they need to do Mike I'm thinking right now I can see it you serving food in our cafeteria when we were co-principals multiple times getting behind the line helping serve so that teachers could get their classes through the line in a timely manner and really have a time to enjoy their lunch as well I mean that sounds like something really little but that's really huge that's what servant leadership's all about who can I help who can I support? I think that's a, that's a great point. And, and, and speaking of the serving the lunch, uh, I'm sure I probably broke some health codes, um, so I apologize to North Carolina. Um, but, but I love doing that because, you know, it was fun to do. I got to interact with the kids and kind of mess with them and, and, and pull around. Uh, I, I'm bald. If you guys haven't seen my picture, I'm bald, and I put a hairnet on just because, it, it, you know, it made the kids laugh. So I, I really enjoyed doing it, but I think what it showed is that, um, you know, we weren't afraid to get in there and um, work side by side. And Latoya, something else that we did a lot, and I really hope all leaders do this, I think this is so powerful, is when you get in and co-teach a lesson with a teacher or teach not just watch their class while they go do something else. I mean, that's good from time to time also, but really co-teaching with them or teaching a model lesson so they see you as a teacher also i think that builds your credibility so high so so leaders if you have not done that in a while i hope you this year that's going to be my challenge for you this year get into some classrooms and co-teach side by side with teachers and don't just walk in and say hey i'm going to wing it and teach a lesson about something i really love plan with them sit down with them plan with them teach a lesson whatever it is they're teaching and let them see you do that i think that's going to buy you a lot of credibility I couldn't agree more. It was it was uh, probably one of my most favorite things to do as well, because I think at the heart of it all, most of us here in K-12 leadership, we were teachers first and we'll be teachers last. Well, folks, we want to thank you for joining us on the best podcast in leadership, especially for K-12 ed leaders. Until next time, be you, be true, be a hope builder. Make sure you go follow Leadership with LaToya. We're now on Instagram. We've got some great and exciting things coming just for you. We'll see you next time. This is Leadership with LaToya for Leaders on the Grow.